0: one of the creepiest states in the entire country has to be oregon with all those woods and all the stories of bigfoot and missing time coming from there you definitely have to think there are some scary stories to be told welcome back to the swamp my friends it's good to see you made it back for another episode today i am once again sharing some more scary stories from a different state today we're covering scary stories from oregon As always, if you have scary stories you would like to share to the show, be sure to send them in to swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and stories like yours that truly help keep this show going. Now, without further ado, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true Oregon horror stories that'll keep you away from Oregon for the foreseeable future, or... Maybe they'll just make you curious enough to visit. I was around the age of 18 when this happened. This takes place in my hometown in rural Oregon. The town's name is Elkton. Not like that matters. You've probably never heard of it. The town has a population of less than a thousand people and consists of a restaurant, a bar, a store, a park in a post office. All surrounded by scattered farmland. Nothing bad ever really happens there, and everyone knows each other. At this point of my life, I was lazy. I had no job, no car, still lived with my mom, and smoked a lot of weed. A certified loser. My routine was sleep in until I felt like waking up, get stoned, and play video games. Once I got bored with that, I'd walk over to my buddy's house and hang out for the rest of the night. I'd usually hang out there until around 1am. For reference, I lived about two miles out of town, and my buddy lived in town. The walk wasn't bad, though, and was probably the only exercise I was getting. I'd just pop in my headphones and zone out. This happened during one of those nights when I was walking back home. I was walking through town on the main road. I had my headphones in and was just vibing while I made the two-mile trek. As I approached the park... I noticed a car sitting in the parking lot. It was a bit weird at first, because usually I would never see people on these walks home. The whole town was asleep during those hours. I shrugged it off as maybe someone passing through and taking a nap or something. Just off the road by the park is a trail that leads down to the river. At the start of the trail, there's a bench. As I approach the part of the road that passes by the trail, some random guy abruptly appears from the trailhead. I would say this guy looked to be in his early forties, judging by how he dressed and his facial features. One thing was strange though, he had aviators on, at 1am. He power walked in front of me and sat on the bench. The whole situation was striking me as weird. It looked like he was just staring at me the entire time, but it was really hard to tell for sure because of the dark glasses. I was a little freaked out at first and stupidly shrugged it off, I just started walking diagonally so there would be some distance between us once I passed him. So I pass him. I look at him, and he was still looking at me. So I took my earbuds out and kindly say, "'How's it going?' I think that was a bad move.' He didn't reply, of course. I just picked up the pace and focused on getting home. This guy gave me major chills, so I left one earbud out so I could hear and be aware of my surroundings. i just got about a quarter mile away down the road and decided to look back to see if he was still sitting there. He wasn't. He was now walking behind me, following me pretty heavily, and he was closing the distance. I swear my heart skipped a beat when I saw this. Could he really be following me? Maybe he lives up here too. But that had to be his car at the park, so why is he on foot? All these questions were flying through my head. I looked back and he was even closer and walking at a faster pace. Fight or flight kicked in and I went from a casual stroll to a dead sprint instantly. I looked back once more, and he matched my pace and was now sprinting as well. For some reason, I decided to veer off the road and cut through the forest. I sprinted over broken branches and through brush for a bit until I eventually dove into a big bush. I instantly went silent. I could hear him stomping through the forest behind me. Then suddenly, he went quite as well. I think he was trying to pinpoint where I was. This lasted a few minutes before I heard him start to go the other way back to the park. I felt so relieved that he gave up. I still waited there for a few more minutes until his footsteps faded away, and I was sure he was out of the forest. Then I cut back through the road as quietly as I could. Once I hit the pavement, I checked both ways to make sure he wasn't there. There was no sign of him anywhere, but honestly, I could only see for probably 40 feet in either direction, because I was no longer in the main part of town and there were no street lamps. I was still relieved because I thought for sure I had lost him, so I just focused on getting home. I was only about a mile away or so at this point. Eventually, I put my headphones back in and started to relax as much as I could, not even fully cluing in on what just happened. A few minutes passed and I started to notice a light coming up behind me, headlights from a vehicle. My stomach sank as I was praying that it wasn't him. He must have gone back to get his car, I thought. As it approached me... It slowed down. I cringed as it pulled up next to me and came to a stop. I looked expecting to see that guy wielding a weapon and demanding that I get in the car. Thankfully, it wasn't him. It was a local guy around my age, Brent, on his way home from a get-together. Uh, what's up dude? I spoke. Hey man, do you need a ride home? He asked. Stupidly, I replied, nah dude, it's all good, I'm almost home, thanks though. I could see a worried expression on his face as he cut me off are you sure you know there's someone following you right i immediately looked down the road behind me and there he was the same guy he was closer than ever before and i somehow never noticed him i could see something in his hands reflecting from brent's tail lights i never lost him he was following me the entire time i was completely oblivious i looked back at brent and didn't say anything and scrambled in the truck i didn't say anything during the ride all i was thinking about how stupid i was We pulled into my driveway, and I was never happier to see my house. As I was getting out of the truck, Brent jokingly said, I probably just saved you from being murdered. He couldn't have been closer to the truth, honestly. The older I get, the scarier this experience becomes. What were his intentions? What was he going to do? Kill me? Abduct me? Why was he in Elkton, Oregon, of all places? I'm glad I never found out. I stopped staying at my buddy's house so late after this experience and always kept one earbud out so I could be aware of my surroundings. No matter how much you think you know an area, or how safe you think it is, you should always be prepared for anything. There are truly evil and insane people in this world. Stay safe out there, everyone. The events of this story took place around the autumn months of 2014. I'm not sure what would have happened if my mom hadn't heard this person, but either way, I'm grateful she did. To help paint a better picture of the events I'm about to describe to you, I must first briefly explain the basic layout of my home. There are three entrances to my home, the front, side, and the back door, which was in what was my bedroom at the time. The back door has a glass window that allows a perfect view of a quarter acre of our backyard. This might not seem like much, but living in Salem, Oregon, that's as good as you're going to get. To access the backyard, you must first walk down the driveway on the left side of the house, leaving you visible to the next-door neighbors. This is also where our brittle side door from the 1940s lie. At the end of the driveway is our garage, and to the right of that, our backyard, as unfortunately, there was no gate at the time. But this incident, except for others like it, led us up to putting one up and we also put up a roughly seven foot tall fence. Now that you know the basic layout of my home, you're probably noticing the potential for something sinister to happen. And happen it did, my friends. But one thing for certain is it could have gone a lot worse. This incident took place in the early hours of 2 or 3 a.m. As I've always been a hardcore insomniac, I'd probably be the president if there was a club. Anyways, I was watching YouTube on my tablet, as most 13-year-olds do, when I'm startled by a beam of light illuminating the garage doors in my periphery. Before I even turned my head to look, I had already come to the following conclusions. One, the familiar circle beam of light was a flashlight, and two, I had a Henry, 22 caliber survival rifle under my bed that I used for target practice just in case. Thank God my family's a gun family. I decided to wait to see who it was and to see where this light was coming from, as it wasn't uncommon for our neighbor to come into our yard looking for his cat. It's a good thing I did, too, because the flashlight was attached to the business end of a 9mm handgun held by a uniformed police officer complete with a ballistics vest, taser, baton, and radio. Confused, I leave my bedroom expecting to see my mom sitting on the couch watching her favorite TV show, Bones. Instead, I saw my mother on the tips of her toes leaning over the kitchen sink, looking out the window, and peering, trying to see a view of the officer, slowly and methodically creeping his way up the driveway and up to our garage. "'Yep, he's definitely here for us,' I thought as I began to ask my mom what was going on. Apparently less than 15 feet away from my bed, a homeless person high on who knows what had snuck into our backyard and accidentally kicked our glass recycling bin, alerting my mom, who was in the basement doing laundry. My mom tells me she then looked out the basement window, and she saw this person making some kind of stance one would be to try to balance on a board. It was strange, almost like the stance a child would do when they're out of bed at late hours of the night trying to be sneaky to fetch a snack. Regardless of their feeble attempts at being stealthy, my mom had seen them, and they must have caught on to it, because by the time my mom went upstairs to retrieve her phone and dial 911, and an officer finally arrived, they were all gone. The cop told us that no one was in our garage or the backyard and I can almost feel the anxiety lift off my mother's shoulders. Even more so when the officer offered to send someone over to survey the house until sunrise. So just to clarify and to kind of make you understand why we ended up getting security cameras and a fence in the backyard and a motion detector light was that this guy easily got into our yard, could have easily broke into our house and done who knows what to our family. I'm just glad it didn't come down to that. I'll start off by saying that this is not my story, but it was such a crazy encounter that I have since asked each of my friends through the years to recount the events. This happened around the year 2000, about a year after this took place, I started dating one of these friends, and that's when I first heard about this dog or a wolf. I have since asked each friend, over the years miles apart, and they all remember the same exact encounter, almost down to the exact detail. Before my ex James was even my boyfriend, he and our friends were about 17 to 18 years old. At that age, I remember it being an adventure to find a place to smoke. Let's hike to Insert Spot here and go puff. The group was consisted of James, his best friend Brad, and their girlfriends Shannon and Mel. The four of them decided to drive to Mount Pisgah, a beautiful wooded area outside of Eugene, Oregon. It's more of a hill, to be honest, but it's nature in its prime, for sure. I've been out there many times growing up, and I know exactly what trail they were on. The main one that connects the parking lot to the river. They had driven in Brad's little white sedan, parked in the parking lot, and then walked across the river. On the way to the river, from the lot, there is a small bridge that crosses a small creek. This will be relevant for later. The group spent the day out there swimming and puffing, puffing and swimming. Just being typical Oregonian teens. I can imagine that hunger is what drove them to go home after a couple of hours. As the sun began to set, either activity alone is bound to get some people hungry, let alone both. So, they walked along the well worn main dirt path to the parking lot. This path has since been paved according to Google Maps. It does not take more than about 20 minutes or so for them to get back to the little footbridge by the parking lot that they had crossed when they hiked in. When they reached the small footbridge near the parking lot, Brad looked out into the vast field between them and the wooded mountain and noticed a huge dog near the tree line, probably a hundred yards or so away. They all later described it as the biggest dog they had ever seen. The dog was just sitting there, not looking scary per se, just looking absolutely humongous. But from Mel's and James's descriptions and the drawings she did for me later in around 2005, it was very shaggy and furry looking. I may even still have that notebook where she drew the dog thing in. If I find it, I will send it into the show." My friends continued to walk across this small wooden bridge, and one of the girls screamed. The big dog was now on its hind legs, walking like a person, standing much closer than when they had last seen it a couple of seconds earlier. It had somehow traversed most of the large field in the seconds it took for them to get across the ten-foot-long bridge. Whatever this thing was, it was quiet, fast and stealthy. My four friends ran to the car, and they had the classic cliche, I can't get the key in moment, because Brad was fumbling madly for the keys out of anxiety. At this point, the dog was standing on its hind legs at the very edge of the parking lot looking at them. Still, it had this dog face, and this dog-like body, but it was standing up. It just seemed so unnatural. They never saw it walking on all four or just two. It just seemed to teleport and move closer and closer. It was like every time they looked up, it was just standing there, but closer. As James had said, every time they looked up, he was closer but not moving. All of them recounted how surreal it was to see a dog standing on its hind legs with no effort. I don't know if it ran for a few ticks then stood up again at intervals in the field, but that's the way they described it. Many times I had asked them, are you sure it was not a bear? And every single time they would say no, it was a dog standing on its hind legs a big dog that was stalking them. This happened in Lane County, Oregon, sometime around the year 2000. There are few, if any, bears out there. It would be odd, but then again, I wasn't there. The kids got into the car and sped off, leaving the pizca dog to his own business. I've never had a reason to doubt any of their stories. In fact, Shannon doesn't even like talking about the incident at all because it's creepy for her and gives her anxiety. I'm a 15-year-old girl living in Oregon, and on the 9th, it was my birthday and I wanted some friends to come over. So I brought my friends Ella and Jade to have a sleepover. We did the normal teen activities, but once it hit 2 a.m., we got bored and decided to sneak out and walk to Walmart. To give you information about my property, we only have 15 acres, and to get to Walmart, it's about three miles from my house. So we put warm clothes on, grabbed our wallets, and took the screen out of my window and went to Walmart. After roughly 30 minutes of walking, we heard a car behind us, and we got to the side so it could drive past us. But no. The car stopped and a man was in it, he asked. Hey girls, you need a ride? No, we're fine, thanks though, Ella said. The guy kept trying to get us into his beat-up pickup truck, but we kept saying no and eventually he drove off. Huh, That was weird. I said looking at my friends who were kind of scared. I think we should just go back, Jade said, trembling. Not just from the cold, but also that guy looked like a serial killer in a horror movie. I thought about it, but I'm too stubborn and just went ahead. Eventually, we reached Walmart and bought a bunch of junk food and drinks. We were walking back and talking about our crushes and gossiping when we heard another car behind us. And then we saw it was the same green pickup truck, but behind it was another truck as well. All of us freaked out and dropped everything we had and ran as fast as we could. But when you're running from a truck, you don't know, you're not going to win because both trucks stopped us with five grown men in them, they all jumped out, and then circled us. The three of us huddled together, and I was about to ask what they want when the first guy stopped us and pulled out a gun. We started sobbing in each other's arms, and the men started closing in us with their arms outreached and smiles on their faces. We thought we were going to die or be sold into some sort of trade. But just in time, a police officer pulled up when the guys were distracted. We ran to the car. What's going on? The cops said, eyeing the men. They said nothing, jumped in their trucks, and drove off. We got in the car and told the officer the entire story as he drove us home. He said he wouldn't say anything to my parents because we snuck out, but he said if trouble ever happened, call the cops again and ask for Officer Addington. So, we went home and slept till 12.30, My parents still don't know, and it's going to stay like that until I'm much older. I know this story may not be the scariest, but it was one of the scariest things to ever happen to me, and I wanted to share it. So this story takes place a few years ago, while I was walking home from high school. I didn't normally walk home, but I didn't have a ride home from the game club that day. So, I had no choice. It's about a 45 minute walk from the school to my house, and I really wish that I wasn't doing it and did not look forward to it. game club got out at about 6, and it was winter, and snow was still on the ground. It was also quite dark, and I hate the dark. Anyways, I just walked past the Safeway, then past the Goodwill Donation Center, when this homeless guy started walking behind me with his shopping cart. I felt anxious, but I've always been paranoid, so that's nothing new. He got faster and ended up walking next to me for a while, then turned his head to look at me. Don't worry, I'm not following you, he spoke. This freaked me out a bit, but I just simply replied with a short, okay. I'm an awkward person, so I wasn't sure how to respond. I also thought he was my dad's friend at the time, because he looked a lot like him, but it was also dark, so I couldn't completely see him. He then said, People usually think that I'm following them. I think I just stayed silent, and didn't respond. After a few minutes of us walking, he asked, So where are you headed? I told him, home, still thinking this is my dad's friend, and he asked, Where's that? Alarms went off in my head, and I was scared at this point, but also confused. Being the idiot I was, I answered his question by telling him the street, not the address, thankfully. I should have lied, though. He then went on by saying, Oh, that's a long way from here. I don't remember if I said anything in return, but it was obvious that he was indeed following me. The next thing I remember is that we were walking by Circle K when he then offered me a dollar to buy a soda. I didn't want to take it, but ended up accepting it anyways and told him thanks. I feel bad about it, but he seemed like he wouldn't accept no as an answer. We went across the street to Circle K but I honestly regret not running away as soon as he started crossing. Once we got to the store, he told me he would be waiting for me. He wouldn't go in because the person working there didn't like him. That terrified me. I know I should have told the worker I was being followed and got some sort of help, but I just did not think about this at the time. I ended up getting a slushy, blue raspberry, my favorite. I walked out of the store and there he was, still there like he said he would be. We continued to walk and I had no clue what to do. I had never been in a situation like this. We were getting close to a part of the road that went over a river and a bunch of trees around it. He randomly asked, ''Do you want to put your bag in my cart?'' I shockingly replied, ''No thanks, I'm fine.'' He then tried to tell me that he was just trying to help and tried to convince me saying, ''Are you sure? I don't mind.'' I then nervously thanked him but assured him that I was fine. Even if he was trying to help, I didn't want to risk getting my stuff stolen. Plus the vibe I was getting from him was super creepy. I don't think I had any weapons on me at the time, but I wish I did, just in case. Now, we were now on the road that was over the river when he says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I stood in shock for a moment as I watched him and his cart disappear, then I slowly walked forward a bit and stepped on some snow. Just to hear that satisfying crunching sound. I don't know if this is odd, but I enjoy stepping on things like snow, ice, and leaves. But, anyways, I asked myself if this was my chance and if I should just leave. The answer is obvious, I know. I started to walk away when I saw a car pull up into the building closest to me, and they got out of their car and called for me. Thank goodness it was an acquaintance of mine. I ran over, and they offered me a ride home, and of course I accepted. They were just driving home from one of their clubs that just got out. Thankfully, I jumped in. The homeless guy walked past me and saw me, and yelled something about me getting in, and if I knew them or something like that. Either way, I'm so thankful Evan was there to help me out. I don't know what would have happened if he didn't pass by that night, or if he didn't see me walking. I saw the homeless guy again later, but he was at Circle K and thankfully didn't notice me walk by. I live in a new house now, but I still live in that same town of Sweet Home, Oregon. I have never had another experience with that man, and I hope I never do again. One thing we certainly learned from this episode is that Oregon is one creepy place. Stay safe out there, my friends. But also remember, Oregon is full of beautiful scenery and awesome national and state parks that I recommend everybody visit at least once in their life. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode, Swamp Folk. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the channel. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this a 5-star rating, as it genuinely helps us a ton over there. If you're new to the Swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. As always, if you have an experience you would like to share in a future episode, whether it be from a specific state in the country or something else entirely, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp and stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight and if you've ever experienced anything creepy while visiting Oregon or while simply living there. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free to do so, and always will be. If you'd like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and perhaps giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. I've got new designs coming soon as well. Thank you guys so much for supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without all you guys. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.